You're listening to ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to GI Insights, where we cover the latest clinical issues, trends, and technologies in gastroenterological practice. GI Insights is brought to you by AGA Institute and sponsored by Takeda Pharmaceuticals North America. Your host for GI Insights is Professor of Medicine at University of Illinois Chicago, Dr. Jay Goldstein. We hear a lot about children's allergies, problems in school, on airplanes, people can't get snacks anymore because of food allergies. A common problem we hear about a lot in the lay press and even in the medical press. Joining us to discuss food allergies, fact or fiction, is Dr. Sheila Crow. Dr. Crow is Professor of Medicine in the Division of Gastroenterology and Hepatology, Department of Medicine at the University of Virginia School of Medicine. Welcome, Dr. Crow. Thank you for having me. So why don't we start out with something very simple. What is the difference between food allergies and food intolerance? Well, that's an important question. Food intolerances are a general term for anybody who's experiencing some type of adverse reaction to foods or food components. In contrast, food allergies are immune-mediated adverse reactions to food. What are the most common allergies that people encounter? True allergies. True food allergies, peanuts and tree nuts are amongst the top. It's roughly about 0.5% of the U.S. population has allergies to those groups of foods. Depends on the age one is looking at. In children, things like eggs, milk, cow's milk protein are very common compared to an adult. So uh, in the adult population, we see more peanut allergies? Well, that's one of the allergies that seem to persist into adult life compared to eggs, milk, and things like that. Even then, there's been some new literature that suggests that perhaps with time, peanut allergy may subside. It used to be thought that if you were diagnosed with peanut allergy, that would be a lifelong problem. But there's been some more recent studies that suggest it may damp down, although, again, that's always difficult because peanut allergy is the major cause of fatal adverse reactions to food and, in fact, is the major cause food allergies and the major cause of anaphylaxis as a cause of death now, and peanuts would be the major cause within that group. When you say peanut allergies, this is really just peanuts. It's not pecans and almonds and other things like that? That's right. There's different groups of nuts with different groups of antigen, but peanut allergy is a separate one from tree nut allergy. So, you know, I've heard people say that uh, they can't be next to somebody eating peanuts or peanuts can't even come in contact as a trace amount in certain foods. Is this really true? Yes, it's one of the most highly allergenic or immunogenic of the food proteins to which people can be allergic just a tiny bit. For example, a tiny bit of peanut protein in peanut oil when someone's having fried food, a trace of peanut on somebody's hand and touches the lip of someone who's allergic may get quite a significant allergic reaction to that. And again, is there any cross-reactivity with other products other than peanuts when you have a peanut allergy? Only if it contains peanut. And that's part of the problem for the consumer, especially parents, because there's so much that might be processed in a plant where peanut products are being made and food manufacturers tend to be on the safe side. You may have seen this if you ever read the ingredients of things, may contain peanuts doesn't mean it does contain peanuts, but they don't want to be responsible in case there was a tiny bit of peanut contamination. One of the things that we haven't mentioned are seafood allergies. Is that an allergy or a reaction to other components? Generally, again, this is a little more complex, but generally seafood allergy is, again, a protein 
that mediates an IgE or an IgG4 immune-mediated response, a true allergy. Now, there are some instances where people can have a reaction that's anaphylactoid where the seafood or certain foods like strawberries and certain medications contrast that we use in CAT scans and IVPs can do this where it directly degranulates the mast cell or the basophil and that would be a pseudoallergic or anaphylactoid type of reaction but most seafood allergies are due to the proteins and they're not necessarily to all seafoods because they're not necessarily cross-reacting so someone can have a shrimp allergy versus a lobster allergy etc. What is a commonality for all these different allergies? What causes allergies to foods? For true immune-mediated allergy, and here we're talking hypersensitivity, which is an immediate reaction. Technically speaking, there are some other delayed type reactions, celiac disease and cow's milk protein enteropathy and other food protein enteropathies in kids, which are different immune mechanisms. But if we talk about the acute allergies, these seem to be largely genetically mediated. There's susceptibility genes involving all kinds of immune products and to some element, perhaps some environmental factors as well. Is there a waxing and waning of these allergies? It seems so. Epidemiologically, food allergy is the most common in childhood and it tends to decrease with time. So again, it seems to be something that people tend to outgrow, and then they're replaced by inhalant allergies, things like seasonal rhinitis and asthma, as that individual gets older and it's not necessarily to food antigens anymore. For food allergies themselves, is it really atopic individuals who are more prone to this? Yes. And that's where that genetic susceptibility comes in, is that there's been quite a number of genetic factors that have been looked at and combined perhaps with some environmental factors is the environment in which these atopic conditions, including food allergy, may arise. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to GI Insights on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Jay Goldstein, and joining me today to discuss food allergies, fact or fiction, is Dr. Sheila Crow, Professor of Medicine, Division of Gastroenterology and Hepatology in the Department of Medicine at the University of Virginia School of Medicine. Well, let's turn clinical here for a second. How might a food allergy present in childhood and in adulthood? All right. Well, in children, I mentioned one type is the cow's milk allergy-associated enteropathy, and this is something that gets noticed fairly early in life. And often these children are switched to formulas that contain soy or other proteins. Sometimes a soy protein allergy will ensue. As solid foods are introduced into the diet, individuals who are susceptible may start to develop allergies to eggs, perhaps to wheat, and other common food proteins over time. And some of these allergies may be manifest as atomic atopic dermatitis or eczema, although not all of eczema is food allergy related. They may have changes around their oral area, lip swelling, erythema, swollen tongue, things that relate to a very acute reaction when that food protein touches that area. And asthma can be a presentation of food allergy as well. Well, when these kids show up in, in, in infancy, is it a failure to thrive, diarrhea, recurrent vomiting. What are the more common symptoms? Well, gastrointestinal symptoms are, are not rare both in children and adults, and of course that's where my interest comes as a gastroenterologist. The cow's milk and other protein enteropathies are definitely a, primarily a gastrointestinal presentation, including weight loss, but diarrhea, sometimes bloody diarrhea, iron deficiency, anemia, 
some of the cow's milk protein presentations also include nausea and vomiting, more acute reactions when that food protein hits sensitive mucosa, sensitized mucosa in the upper GI tract. How do you diagnose it then? Well, that's a good question. Food allergies are not the easiest things to diagnose. Partly it's our tests are not entirely accurate and sensitivity may be an issue as well as less often specificity. In terms of the protein enteropathies, usually a biopsy is necessary, but for the acute hypersensitivity to things like eggs, wheat, cow's milk protein, there's different options depending on the age of the child. If one is able to, and certainly in adults, and the skin prick testing is considered the most commonly used and not necessarily a gold standard, but it's commonly used in practice where a panel of food antigens, and again, there's some controversy about the best type of food antigens to use. Fresh extracts are often preferred in certain types of foods where they're placed on the skin and one looks for a positive reaction compared to a positive control, which is an injection of histamine. And then there are some blood tests as well. Is there a place for, in childhood, for elimination diets? Elimination diets do form, I certainly use them, and I'm an adult gastroenterologist. It's a little harder to do in a child. It's often better if you can specifically identify the specific food that's being suspected simply because their diets are not that diverse at that age, and it's difficult to eliminate eggs, milk, and wheat, for example, early on in life. It doesn't leave them much to to chow down on. All righty. Now, you mentioned wheat. Is that gluten sensitivity or is that wheat allergy? Another good question. There are two different syndromes or clinical disorders. There is such a thing as a wheat allergy, which is like the other allergies I've talked about, which is an immediate hypersensitivity involving IgE and other mast cell or basophil cross-reacting immunoglobulins, where it's the wheat protein that elicits this hypersensitivity. In contrast, the gluten-induced enteropathy or celiac disease is probably the best-known term for it, is a different immune mechanism. It doesn't involve allergic mechanisms in the traditional sense. It's a T-cell-mediated enteropathy that can present in childhood, more often now presenting in adult life. Is gluten enteropathy really an allergy? It is grouped under allergy because it's an immune-mediated disease, but the immune mechanisms are quite different than wheat allergy and some of the things like peanut allergy that we've discussed already. What are the treatment options beyond avoidance? At the present time, with most food antigen, there's not specific therapies directed against them. There have been some trials. There was one published in the New England Journal a while ago now looking at anti-IgE-directed therapies for peanut allergy that seem to decrease the sensitivity in this small clinical trial. Whether that's being used in very often is probably unlikely simply because it only decreased reactivity a small amount. And if your reaction is anaphylaxis, probably the safety is not there. I'd like to thank my guest from the University of Virginia School of Medicine, Dr. Sheila Crow, for spending time with us today to discuss the topic, Food Allergies, Factor Fiction. Dr. Crow, thank you very much for being our guest. Thank you very much for inviting me. You have been listening to GI Insights on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. GI Insights is brought to you by AGA Institute and sponsored by Takeda Pharmaceuticals North America. For additional information on this program and on-demand podcasts, visit us at ReachMD.com and use promo code AGA.
Takeda Pharmaceuticals North America is proud to sponsor this important and quality programming for ReachMD listeners. Takeda does not control the editorial content of this broadcast. The views expressed are solely those of the guests who are selected by the AGA Institute. Based in Deerfield, Illinois, Takeda Pharmaceuticals North America is a wholly owned subsidiary of Takeda Pharmaceutical Company Limited, the largest pharmaceutical company in Japan. In the United States, Takeda markets products for diabetes, insomnia, wakefulness, and gastroenterology, and is developing products in the areas of diabetes, cardiovascular disease, and other conditions. Takeda is committed to striving toward better health for individuals and progress in medicine by developing superior pharmaceutical products. To learn more about the company and its products, visit www.tpna.com.